Hello, I'm your host, Mr. Chuck. I'm a retired accountant turned truck driver. I have reduced my debt to zero in a short matter of time. Debt reduction to achieve financial freedom takes commitment, confidence, determination. Personal financial plan. Why do you need one and how do you get it done? Some people think it's only for wealthy, but you can do one on your own very easy and it's not too difficult. In fact, since I've been preaching doing them, I've never done one for myself. So this morning, I wrote up a personal financial plan for myself and it took me about 20 minutes. That took me 20 minutes because I'm already using a program for my budgeting. So my budget's already set up. Didn't have to deal with it. I already have an investment where I can, investment counselor, where I can go online and see what my network is already set up. So what I needed to do is set my goals, short-term goals, uh, one to three years, mid-term goals, three to six years, and long-term goals, anything over six years. Well, my long-term goals are not really that long, but I wrote it up that way. My retirement is one of my long-term goals. Has been for a very long time. So I just put in there what I'm doing, what my goals is, what balances I want in particular accounts, like my emergency fund, how much I want in there, how much I have in there currently, and when I think it should be completed. I did the same thing with my midterm goals, and then I categorize it uh, insurance, and I have different categories. Debt, which my debt's paid off, so I had a debt category, and I have uh, wills, estates, and estate planning, and my final remains, what I want to do with that, and insurance. So it, it's fairly easy to do. Just write down what you want, where you are, and where you're going to get to. So you put in where you are today when you write it up and what your goals and how long you think you're going to get there. That way you can come back and look at it. So what's the benefits? Having a financial plan. The process of financial planning helps you set goals. It's a great source of motivation and commitment because once you set your goals, hopefully that'll motivate you to accomplish them. It gives you a guide for action and decision making. I put in my goals for my emergency fund, what I'm currently doing. And what I'm currently doing is once a month, I'm transferring X amount of dollars to a high yield savings account. I use my local bank so I can put my money out of my checking account into my savings account. When that savings account, I have money automatically coming out twice a month, one to my uh, high yield savings, which is debatable if it's high yield or not, and another amount coming out to my retirement account. Once I have enough in my local savings account to cover those transfers and I build it up past that, then I put the excess amount I transfer into my high yield savings account. And I just did a write out step by step of how I'm planning on do it so I don't forget. Now, I also take in consideration 
upcoming expenses or bills that I might be paying and not have enough money in my checking account to cover, such as the second half of my real estate taxes that come due twice a year. I just got to make sure I don't short myself from that because once I put it in my high yield savings account, I want to leave it there as long as possible. The financial plan sets your performance standards, what you want to get done, and it adds additional emotional and mental health benefits. So once you write it down, you have control of your finances, you're going to rest and relax and be more at ease with your financial plan, with your finances all together. And financial planning is shown to improve financial outcomes. Because once you have a plan in place, once you have a budget in place, you see how much money is coming in. You see how much money is going out. You know where and when you're going to start spending money that you don't have. It keeps you under control. I got an article in my show notes, saveology.com, six benefits of financial planning. And it goes in more detail here. And it also has a place where you can put in your information and set up a financial plan of what you need to do within this article. One of your short-term goals is to pay off your credit cards. Your credit cards most likely is the highest rate of interest you're paying on the money that you borrow. So that means it's costing you the most. You want to focus on credit card debt first, then maybe auto loan second. So you want to pay off the highest rate of interest items first and then work your way as you pay those off. And then you go in the next set, say like personal loans, car loans, and then a line of credit against your home and then your first mortgage. Now there's going to be people that say you shouldn't pay off your mortgage because you got the money borrowed and there's a rate of inflation and you're going to pay it back with cheaper money. Well, that may be true, and maybe you can invest it and make more than what you're paying out, but you're knowing net the difference. So if you got a 3% mortgage rate, which would be probably about average now, and you're earning 8%, that only gives you a net return of 5%. You can have an immediately 3% return if you pay down that mortgage. It's up to you, but you got this is what you put in your financial plan to outline what you want to do and when you want to do and how you're going to do it. You, and you have educated goals. You review your goals often. You set SMART goals. SMART goals is you need to know what your goal actually is and when it's considered to be completed. With a SMART goal, the key is to have a specific goal that is measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely such as paying off your high-yield credit cards. Maybe you have one that has a smaller balance. You pay that one off first. You set your goal. You want to pay that off in the next four months. You set it, amount, and you achieve it. Then you move on to another one. And you got to align your goals with values. When goals are aligned with your values, it creates a much stronger motivation to accomplish them. When you have strong enough why behind the goals you are seeking to accomplish, you will find a way to make the goals happen. So if you pay off your high-yield credit card, 
that maybe one of your goals is make a larger down payment and buy a home or to sell your current home and move up to another home for whatever reason. Those are goals that uh, help you achieve what you're wanting to do. But you can never achieve your goals if you don't know what they are, if you don't know what your budget is, you don't know how much is coming in, you don't know how much you're spending and where you're spending it. If you don't know those things, you'll never get ahead in life. And this article covers it, gives you more detail. That's the start of your financial plan. Setting goals, short-term, mid-term, long-term. Identifying other items that you may need, such as insurance. You most likely have auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, or renter's insurance. But maybe you are married and have a couple children. You should have some type of life insurance. You should have an umbrella policy, depending on your net worth. The umbrella policy gives you a greater coverage on your auto and homeowner's insurance in case something bad would happen. And it's fairly inexpensive. And then again, you just need to do your research and keep informing, educating yourself on what works and what would work for you. Everybody's different. It's not going to be easy. And it's going to take you some time to figure it out. I've covered this in the past. How do you create your own budget? You start out by just looking over the past month or two months. You list out one list is all your debt, all your credit cards, all your auto loans, all your personal loans, all your mortgages. Make a list of them. In that list should be the name of the financial institution, the unpaid balance, the rate of interest, and your monthly payment. For credit cards, put in the minimum payment. Why? Because you're going to start making the minimum payment on every credit card. You're going to build up that emergency fund because the first step in my plan is to quit creating new debt. The second step is set that money and put it in a savings account. Make a emergency fund at at least $500. I prefer $1,000. And once you have $1,000 in there, that always stays in the savings account. Then you keep putting money in there. Once you get $2,000, $3,000, then you would take the excess over the emergency fund amount, this is saying it's $1,000, and you have 3000 in there, you take the 2000 and you pay it towards one of those credit cards that you're trying to pay down or pay off. And you do that over and over and over. How much do you transfer? Some people say, well, just put 20% in savings and never spend it. But if you don't know what your expense are, how's that going to work? Maybe your mortgage, maybe you'll have insurance, maybe you'll have you know, groceries and gasoline and car maintenance and repairs and clothes. Sometimes 20% might be too much. Sometimes 20% may not be enough. So if you look at and you itemize, here's my income for the month. Here's everything I pay for the month. And then remember, there's some months where you're going to pay something 
only once a year. It's like subscriptions on your computer or something. Or maybe you're going to have something you're going to pay twice a year, such as my real estate taxes. They pay twice a year. Every January and every June, I pay my real estate taxes. I know it's coming. I may not know the exact dollar amount, but I know how much I paid last year. I know how much half of it would be. If I get it within 50 bucks, I'm doing good. It's just a matter of knowing. It's your first major step that you got to do. In order to get there, you need to write down what's going on. A financial plan isn't only for the wealthy and it doesn't have to cost a penny. No matter how much money you have, you can start with a DIY financial plan that will set you up for future success. With a good foundation in place, you can feel more confident about your finances. And when a time comes, you might need the help of a professional. You'll be that much farther ahead. And you can have a starting point with that professional and you'll be much farther ahead of everybody else. And did you know that 78% of people with a financial plan pay their bills on time and save each month versus only 38% of people who don't have a plan? Or would it surprise you to learn that 68% of planners have an emergency fund while only 26% of non-planners are financially prepared to cover an unexpected cost? 68% can cover an unexpected cost without using credit the way i read that well only 26 percent of non-planners can do the same knowing where your money is going is number one knowing what your goals are knowing what you need to get done is number two so 10 steps write down your goals and this is from uh, swab.com 10 Steps to DIY Financial Plan. It's in my show notes, a link. Write down your goals. Create a net worth statement. Well, I didn't have to do it because I already have one set up with my financial planner. I go into their website, put in my assets and everything, and it automatically keeps it up to date. I can go in there and take a quick look. I know what my net worth is. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the net worth is your Total assets, everything you own, less everything you owe equals your net worth. So you're buying a home, you got a car, you got a mortgage on the home, you got a loan on the car, and you have student debt. So your net worth could be a negative amount because that's student loan debt. If you got credit cards, you don't really have an asset connected with a credit card. Maybe you have a TV, but what's a TV worth? You bought a big screen TV for $1,000. Six months later, what's that big screen TV worth? Maybe $300. It's not really an asset. It doesn't have any long-term value. Review your cash flow, which review your cash flow is the same thing as saying you have your budget. Cash flow means money in, money out, your expenses. How much money you earn every month, include a sore Include all sources of income. That'd be your work, your spouse's work, any dividend interest or investment income, any rental income if you rent property, etc. Zero in on your budget. Take a look at what you're spending and write down your essential expenses such as mortgage, insurance, food, and transportation, utilities, and loan payments. 
don't forget irregular and periodic big ticket items such as vehicle repair or replacement costs, out-of-pocket health care costs, and real estate taxes, just like I said. Then write down non-essentials, restaurants, entertainment, even clothes. Does your income easily cover all this? Are savings a part of your monthly budget? Well, it should be. Examining your expenses help you plan the budgets when you're building an emergency fund, and it will help you. So you're wondering how much you put in your savings account. If you do a budget on a monthly basis, you take your total income in, you subtract out all the expenses you're going to pay, including going to restaurants, grocery stores, automobile expense, gas, repairs, etc., clothes. Get that in there because you know every fall, if you have children, maybe you buy clothes for your children to go back to school. I don't know. My mother always did. I don't know if that's still going on today, but I'm assuming it happens sometime. Maybe in the spring you buy clothes for the summer. Same thing. Account for all that. Subtract out one minus the other. Income less expenses equals a dollar amount. That dollar amount is then transferred to your savings account. So your income less expenses plus your savings should come to zero. If it comes to a negative number, and you didn't put any money into your savings, unless you have a monthly expense that only happens occasionally, say real estate taxes. Maybe you had a breakdown on the car and it was a one-time thing. Those are the type of things you got to be watchful of. That's why you have an emergency fund. Because every time something goes wrong and you have to put it on a credit card, you're getting deeper and deeper in debt. Focus on debt management. I call that debt reduction plan. Not all debt is bad. Some debt like a mortgage can help you work in your favor if you're not overextended. Be smart with your debt. Your mortgage should not be more than 35% of your gross pay. Gross pay being before taxes and any other deductions. If it exceeds 43%, you'll be having a hard time getting any other type of loans or even refinancing it because you're too far in debt and you will struggle. If it's around 25 to 30%, you're going to be much happier in life and you're going to be able to meet other obligations without a big struggle. And get your retirement savings on track. Whatever your age, retirement savings need a part of your financial plan. The earlier you start, the less you have to save every year because it's a simple thing. It's compounding. You might be surprised how much you'll need, especially when you factor in healthcare costs. But when you begin saving early, you may be surprised that even a little bit over time can make a big difference. Calculate how much you'll need and contribute to a 401k or other employer and sponsored plan, at least enough to capture an employer match. Or an IRA, if that's the last thing, if your employer don't have nothing, which is my case. Say what you can and gradually try to increase your saving rate as your earnings increase. Whatever you do, don't put it off. If you have a match, and if the employer is going to match you 5%, you put in 5% of your pay, and the employer will match that 5%. If you always use a percentage, when you get a pay raise, 
you automatically will be putting more into your retirement. Now, maybe you can put in an extra 1%. If you work two or three years, you get a pay raise. Maybe you want to increase that from 5% to 6%. That'll be fine. Go ahead and do that. Maybe your employer in increments is increasing the match. Be aware of what's going on with your employer retirement plan and stay updated on what they are doing. They will tell you. Pay attention. And if they say, if you work here for five years, our match goes from 5% to 7.5%. Your contribution needs to move up to 7.5% or you're leaving money on the table. You're not taking advantage of the benefit they are offering you. And again, if you're an investor, when was the last time you took a close look at your portfolio? I have an investment advisor. He takes care of all that. I look in there to see what's going on. I know last year I had roughly about a 9% increase. That's pretty good. Since banks are paying less than 1% and I got a return of around 9%, I'm happy. And I just look at it from month to month. I'll look at it, see how I'm doing. And also because my mark, the market, you might hear the market's down. The market's down. You know, I'm losing money. And you might hear that from other people. I go into my portfolio and my portfolio went up a half a percent. Why? Because I'm diversified. Make sure your investments are diversified. You spread out all over the market. And you got your money all even out and every place it goes, some parts of the market might have been going up, other parts might have been going down. If you got your all your money in one basket, if that basket drops, yours drop. If you got 20 different baskets, it's all going to even out. And make sure you have the right insurance. Having adequate insurance is a part of protecting your finances. Health insurance, most of us need car and homeowners or rentals insurance. While you're working, disability insurance helps protect your future earnings and ability to save. You might want a supplemental umbrella policy based on your occupation and net worth. Finally, you should consider life insurance, especially if you had dependents. Insurance is up to you. The disability insurance while you're working, if you're the only person working in your family, you, your spouse, and your children. And if something would happen to you, whether out playing, at home, on vacation, or at work, disability insurance will generally kick in and give you some earnings or some income while you're off. There's short-term disability that goes starts maybe a week after you're injured, up to six months. Then there's short-term that won't kick in until after six months. I had this because I was self-employed for a while and I just kept paying on. It was a couple hundred dollars a year. When I went to work for somebody else, I just kept paying for it. Cheap. Then I got sick and I had a major disease and I was off seven months. I called up my insurance company, told them what's going on, provide them with everything they wanted. They got back with me and said, when are you going back to work? And I said, next week. Or next month, I think it was about a month before. And they made a settlement with me. They said, we're going to pay you X amount of money. Are you willing to take it? And I said, well, a little bit more wouldn't hurt. And they said, okay. 
I'm not giving you numbers because I don't remember what they were, but basically it got me through a tough time. And I then kept paying on that. And then when I hit a certain age, I got rid of it because their benefits start dropping. So again, it's knowing what the insurance does and what's in the insurance. And know your tax situation. I don't have a problem with that because I do my own tax returns every year. My wife's self-employed. I make sure there's estimated payments. I make sure this city and state's taken care of. I know my tax situation because I used to do that for a living. But maybe you don't. Maybe you forget. Maybe once a year you go, you have your taxes done, you pay whatever, and you forget it. Well, sometimes you might have to make estimated payments. And if you forget to make estimated payments, you could be subject to penalty. So make sure you do that. Then at the end, you need to have an update in a state plan. And part of this is a will, your estate, who gets what when you die, an advanced health care directive. What do you want to do? If you're on life support, how long do you want to be on life support? Do you want to be plugged in and in a coma for 50 years? Or do you just want to be unplugged? And if you survive, you survive. If you don't, you don't. These things you need to know and have people who know. Powers of attorney. Somebody who can take over your finances and health care if you're unable to do it. You need to have a attorney to do this. The more prepared you are, when something bad happens, the better the outcome will be for everybody. I'll be back in one moment with my final thoughts. If you listen to this podcast using an Apple Podcast app, please rate and review this podcast. If you don't know how to rate and review within the Apple Podcast app, do a search, even if you're already at reduced debt increased wealth you do a search when the search is done you click on reduced debt increased wealth you then scroll down through the episodes and towards the bottom you'll see write a review you can rate the stars if you click on write a review you can write your comments and then click on the number of stars you wish to select financial plans are not that difficult. They will help you stay on track. And if you're not on track, they will get you on track. You get a budget set up. You know what's coming in, what's going out. It will benefit you for the rest of your life. Even when you get your spending under control, even if you get all your debt paid off, you still need a budget. You still need to know what's coming in and what's going out every month for the rest of your life. Get it done. Set it up. It doesn't take long. I got in my show notes where you can go or you can Google it. DIY financial plans. DIY personal financial plans. There's plenty of help on the internet, mostly from financial planners. Get started today. Get your life under control and you'll be happier for doing it.